1: The Phileas Club is supported by its listeners on Patreon. If you think you might be interested in supporting the show, why don't you head over to patreon.com slash the Phileas Club and think about it some more. Hello everyone, this is The Phileas Club, episode 93. We talk about a lot of things, and then we talk about American politics for about an hour. But the show is really long, so we don't just talk about that. Is that Okay. I hope it's okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Phileas Club. This show is a show where we get together with people from different countries around the world, different cultures, different opinions, different backgrounds, and we comment on the news from the past couple of weeks or even months, actually, the last month. Um, And my name is Patrick Beja, and a quick uh, mention before we actually dive into the show, Um, I didn't after last episode where we talked about the uh well not the last episode because that one was a special about india but the the last regular episode uh, episode 91 we talked about the us a lot and i figured after that episode well maybe we can you know maybe not talk about the us for the for the next one so this one and uh with what happens i th- happened uh in the us in the last month there would be like 15 different topics that we could cover But um, I think we we have to do that. But I will leave that part of the discussion to the end of the show. And uh, we'll cover a bunch of other interesting things before that. So we will get to it. As we were joking before we started recording with my co-hosts, we'll make sure to leave it for after the ad break uh, to maximize the amount of. uh, Oh, wait. We don't have ads. All right. Well, we'll still do it last. Um, and uh, thankfully, to discuss this, we have a great panel today. Uh, we. I'll start with uh, Tony, who's here from the U.S., from the East Coast. How's, how's it going, Tony?
3: It's going pretty well. It's a beautiful day here in southern Ohio, and I'm ready to... Have some interesting discussions.
1: <laughs> I noticed how you didn't say fun. Now I'm ready to have oh, some no, fun. Oh, no, it's going
3: to be a lot of fun, too. I think <laughs> for, I'm ready to go. All
1: right, cool. Uh, what time is it for you right now?
3: It is 8.10 a.m.
1: Excellent. Uh, it is 3.10 p.m. for me and also for our good friend Turkey calling in from Saudi Arabia. How's it going, Turkey?
2: Oh, all good, all good. Just having a crappy day. And uh, Trump is all over the news. So let's oh, start really? talking about the US. Okay, let's go. <laughs> well, well, we'll get to
1: that as well. I mean, <laughs> technically, we're supposed to talk about what made the biggest headlines in each of our countries uh, for our segments. So if Trump is the biggest headlines in Saudi Arabia, then maybe we'll get to it a little bit faster <laughs> than, uh, than I thought. Um, but you have your crappy day's voice, as I was saying before we started recording. So I'm a little bit concerned about you, but at the same time, you have that voice almost every episode. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, the, the the next person, the last person um, who we have on the show today is uh, Charles from Australia. How's it going, sir?
0: It is going swimmingly fine. Thank you very much. <laughs> is that a, an Australian uh, expression? W- late. No, 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 no. Oh, shit, I don't know where no, that's Right, from. because you don't uh, swim
1: at all because of all the sharks and uh, alligators absolutely. and all
0: that, right? Absolutely. Uh, no, cro- crocodiles. We've been through this. They're <laughs> crocodiles. Estuarine crocodiles eat people. We don't have alligators here. They're in the U.S., but hang on, we're not talking about the U.S., no, are no, we? No, no, so, no, yet. Not move yet. On.
1: <laughs> what, what time did you say it was for you?
0: I didn't. It's uh, just after 10 p.m. here, so uh, quite a civil hour.
1: Mm. So uh, yeah, we truly have a global world-spanning table today. Very happy when this happens. It happens every once in a while on the show. Thank you everyone for being on the show. Um, And I will start For once. I don't know that it's always the case. Sometimes it's the case. Uh, But I'll start with what's been happening, with what's been making the headlines in Paris and a little bit in Finland. Maybe we'll get to that because, as all of you know, I uh, do split my time between Finland and France. And uh, currently I'm in Finland. So I I have a little bit of that. Um, But first, what's been happening in Paris? Well, uh, the, the biggest thing, I think, is that uh, the popularity of President Macron has plummeted. Uh, there's a number of reasons for that, and uh, we could get into it. I think it has to do with the way he approaches the pres- presidency and a few controversies that have erupted around some of his uh, decisions in policymaking. Um, but the one that I thought would be most interesting, and that has definitely been making the headlines, is um the the reforms that he is uh, putting together he and his government are putting together for uh, tax reforms and labor law reforms um I think I talked about labor law a little bit last time. Um, So this has not been implemented yet, but basically everyone in the press is getting ready for the back-to-school period craziness in in politics as well because we have the back-to-school period at the beginning of September. That's really when the fall starts for us. And um, they have been... uh, campaigning on and preparing a major labor law uh, reform that the press and the political powers in in play are expecting to be a, a major fight meaning in France you all know how much we like to demonstrate and make demonstrations and go on strike and every time any government tries to reform labor laws uh, that that creates a lot of social conflicts, and um, sometimes they they stay steady and sometimes they uh, have to uh, they buckle under the pressure. so, as I said, I did mention a little bit about the labor laws in uh, the past episode, but I wanted to talk about one type of tax that is being uh, reworked in uh, or has been uh, uh, reworked, and it 's going to happen over the next uh, uh, fiscal year but that tax is called uh the fortune tax it's the best translation i can uh, i can give it and basically what it is uh, it's pretty unique to france but i'm curious to hear you guys' opinion on this culturally um what it is is that uh if an individual it has a net worth that is above a certain amount currently i believe it's 800,000 euros so It's not, you know, a tiny amount. Um, But if your net worth is above above that amount, then you are taxed by a percentage of it. It's a relatively low percentage. It's 0.5 to 1.5%. But it's basically a tax on wealth. And that's significant. I think everyone will understand why. Uh, It's because it's not a tax on any type of income. It doesn't mean that you know your your income it is taxed as well, of course, uh, but that's an additional tax on uh, the amount of money you have in the bank. Um, so it's it's being changed into basically it's being uh, uh, removed, except for real estate uh, holdings. So if you have those, I don't know exactly what the amount will be, but if you have above a certain amount of net worth in real estates, then you will still be subject to that tax, but not for your overall uh, net worth. Um, Yeah. So that's one that is being debated very heavily in France. and, And there is a lot of, not controversy, but a lot of people are saying, I think a lot of people agree that it's not bringing in a, a, an amount of money that is incredibly high, but the, the proponents of that law of that tax would say it's symbolic. And um, I wonder how you guys, uh, <laughs> what you guys think of that, that kind of uh, taxation, uh, Charles, you, you seem to be ready to speak.
0: So the, the, um, if I, if I understand this, if, before this reform goes through, it's on somebody's total net worth, which could be cash in the bank, shares and property. And now they're thinking to make it simply property, property and nothing else. Is that right?
1: Yeah, that is the current uh, thinking. I think it, it might have been, uh, the the law might have been already uh, put in place and it will take effect later. But yeah, that's the, that's the idea.
0: Why? <laughs> what was the rationale behind it? Huh. Um,
1: I, if I had to guess, I would think that um, the issue we have in Paris, in France, in general, and in many cities, but in Paris in particular, is one of um, holding real estate buildings, lodgings, and not using them. Uh, not putting them to use to ho- house people and we could get into why that is there are a number of reasons but um that's a big fear and a big concern that is driving prices of real, of of uh well real estate and actually living um uh, uh rent high in the capital in particular so I would suspect that this is the idea that you have—you can't just keep them and do nothing with them. You have to transform them into, um, you know, revenue-generating something to uh, pay that tax at least. So that would be my my suspicion.
0: Hmm. Seems reasonable. We we don't have any any similar or equivalent. Tax on general wealth um, in Australia. There, there, there are taxes on uh, income. There's taxes on capital gains on sale of assets, uh, so on and so forth. But, but there, there, there's no to the best of my knowledge and I'm uh, th- there's no tax on on static wealth uh the the threshold of 800,000 euro particularly on on real estate would be a bit of a challenge in uh, certainly the cities of Sydney and Melbourne here because I think the the median house price in Melbourne sits somewhere around about 800,000 uh, Australian dollars at the moment which um uh, which is a, a big issue that we're dealing with housing affordability in general we don't have the same tradition of of, of renting and long-term leases that exist in europe and a lot of other countries it's very so much everyone, about their, everyone knows yeah, well everyone aspires to owning their yeah. own home it, but 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 it but it gets very very difficult now because of the the cost of housing to uh, to to achieve that um Uh, and, and in a sense, then I don't mind the idea of a tax on real estate, maybe to take some of the pressure off the, uh, the, the prices of real estate, but we don't, we don't have anything like that here at the moment. All right. Tony, any comments?
3: Um, yeah, we, we don't have a wealth tax here in the United States. I, I feel like I don't. I like the way they're moving uh, personally. They're moving it seems, a little closer to what we have, which we have an income tax, of course, and then we also have real estate taxes. Now, our real estate tax is not based on any kind of threshold like 800000 or above. It's just if you own real estate, you pay a tax on, on that real estate. Now, we also have uh, tax deductions for if you're paying a mortgage on that real estate you can uh claim that on your taxes and get deductions for that but um kind of like charles was saying 800,000 doesn't seem like a huge amount when you start accumulating all the wealth together all of the real estate the the cash in the bank uh, shares and things like the stocks things like that um that you know you're saying fortune tax and that immediately i'm thinking very wealthy well at least here and i suspect probably in europe too i mean um 000, when you start talking about all the real estate together that's not extremely wealthy that's you know not poor it's not poverty level it's, i don't even it might not even be middle class level but it's definitely not the the bridge the one percent kind of right exactly
1: yeah it's just to be clear um we also have all of those other taxes. Um, we have the um, you know real estate tax you're talking about. We also have that, although it's being discussed right now, it might disappear, but we also have that. We have, of course, obviously income tax and all of this. Um, uh, just to give you an idea, in 2013, there were a little bit over three hundred thousand uh, households that paid that uh, fortune tax. So it is not, you know, a a few thousand people. It's a significant amount of uh, the population. And it brought in about 4.4 billion euros to the state. So it's not peanuts, but it's still not, you know, something that will change the state's budget. Um, And so on average, per per, uh, uh, household, it was per household that paid it, it was 14,000 euros. That's all from the Wikipedia page on this topic. Um and so,
0: Wikipedia is the source of truth so let's run Obviously obviously <laughs> my
3: concern <laughs> oh, go, go ahead, ahead sorry tiny
2: Yeah go no, ahead Tony. Go.
3: All right my concern with this to me if, if say we decided to implement something like this is the feeling of being double taxed I'm being taxed when I make the money and then I'm being taxed for having the money but it's the same money that that's my would be my concern on going to that policy now you guys have had that policy so are there any kind of does anyone say anything about that
1: yes yeah that's the main i mean there there are a couple of criticisms towards that policy and the, the you know the topic is not something people agree about in france it's there are very many people that are against this tax uh, lots of people that are for it but yeah the concerns are double taxation which feels unfair even if you're very rich um And the other thing is it's a a rich person repellent, uh, especially since it's basically, it only exists in France. It's like, it sends a very negative message towards people that uh, are wealthy or have become wealthy or are successful. And that's an argument that that people make. Um, And the argument that people who are for it make is basically they're very, very, very wealthy, and the you know eight hundred thousand euros threshold could be debated. But I think people, we have a, a different opinion about health. Maybe eight hundred thousand people uh, euros would be considered, you know, obscenely uh, rich in our country for for many um, for many citizens. But uh, yeah, the 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 feeling is it's fine, they're rich, they can handle it. They, can, they, they need to contribute uh, to the well-being of society. And I think this is one of the examples where France leans more to the left than many other countries. Um, but yeah. So, uh, Turkey, any thoughts
2: on this? Talking about tax, what am I supposed to say about tax when we don't have tax? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have well, no tax at all? That's bad well. Case. Actually, we only started to have. Well, there's corporate tax, and that's only for uh, foreign companies. We have that, so but so it doesn't affect us. We never discuss it. We only the concept of tax only started in Saudi as uh, citizens has been with they implemented excess tax, which is basically for soft drinks and uh, tobacco. So, those are very high taxes. They just increased the price. The tax was for tobacco is 100% and uh, soft drinks 50%. So, it's basically and, national health incentive yeah, things. Yeah. 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 And then we're now in the process of implementing VAT. So, that's the first tax right, ever it, yeah. for us. And uh, they, have, they have reached a point where it looks like on January 1st, 2018, we will be implementing VAT in Saudi. Thankfully, it's a very low percentage compared to the most of the world. It's only five percent, but oh, it will rise. I think that's, give it time. Oh, it yeah. oh yeah, 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 it's, it <laughs> definitely, it's gonna rise. That I'm sure of that. It's just that I think that's the first introduction to tax for almost everybody in this country.
1: Interesting uh, tidbit uh, of you know nuggets of information here. Did you know that VAT was also uh, invented in France and that it was. Uh, regarded as something outrageous by most of the countries in the world um, <laughs> well, for a long guys time. Uh, you yeah. Yeah. yeah, and, uh, yeah. and it's,
2: it's almost everywhere now.
1: Yeah, it is almost everywhere, including, okay. I mean, the U.S. have some form of sales tax, which is not exactly VAT, but many states uh, have sales tax as well, so yeah. even in the U.S., so who knows, maybe the fortune tax will be spreading around the world as well someday. Maybe not. As I said, it is
0: controversial here as well.
1: Um, so,
0: t- Turkey, can I, can I ask, how do, you, how do you pay for public infrastructure?
1: Uh, uh,
2: oil? We are, yeah, we are a rich or, country.
0: You are a rich country, but where does yeah. that work? where does the payment come from?
2: From all the oil that uh, the government sells. The oil is owned by the government, all of it.
0: Ah, right here. Okay, so it's the profits yeah. from the government-owned oil. Yeah, yeah,
2: that, that perfect
0: is a nice, uh, makes perfect sense. Yeah,
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, you, and you would you would notice that when we have uh, suddenly a boom in infrastructure, usually is when the oil prices is very high. That means there's extra money. You see a huge influx of infrastructure projects, and when the oil prices go down, suddenly the infrastructure projects start to drive up. Mm. So that's basically how it works in Saudi. So now they're trying to diversify, and one of the things they're doing is actually VAT. There are other steps, but I think for normal citizens it's mostly the talk right now is VAT. And the interesting part is people kept on thinking and because this government has not been known that they would announce something and that at the last minute they might cancel it, they might postpone it. And almost everybody, even businesses here have kept been telling themselves, "Ah, oh, it's not gonna happen, it'll be canceled, they'll postpone, it's gonna cancel until the law was officially published in the government newspaper. And the tax authority has started officially registering people uh, companies for VAT. Now people know it's serious. Are people for or against it, or like are there the
1: two camps, or is it are people? Who- uh,
2: I, I think the majority are against. Uh, oh, really? There's a minority okay. that is for. Mm. Well, the people who are against they have they have a, a reason for that, and I would rather not discuss it in public. All right. so <laughs>
1: Fair enough. Um, hey, so another thing I didn't want to mention: um, we know that there have been the the terrorism issues in uh, Spain and actually Finland. There was an attack, uh, knife attack, a few days ago, not too not too far from well, it, the biggest ta- the second biggest town in the country. Um, and I did want to say a couple of things. First of all, I was su- pleasantly surprised um, by the fact that it seems the media or maybe even the authorities have not released the names or the pictures of the perpetrators. Or at least I haven't seen them. They haven't been. And I, I would suspect that the media would have widely publicized them if they had been released, either for Spain or for Finland. Um And by the way, the the press conference by the authorities in Finland was hilarious. Uh, Maybe that's a poor choice of word. I'm sorry. But it was very surprising because the Finns are so uh, quiet all the time. It was so contained. You know, it was so careful, so professional. It was basically yes there has been an attack we are currently investigating the causes uh they do seem uh, it seems like they could be related to uh religious so, motivations but so it
2: w- so it wasn't Donald Trump talking
1: um,
2: well it wasn't uh, to be
1: honest <laughs> it it felt different from what it feels like in in most other countries including the the you know the authorities are usually professional in their, in their press conferences, but this was just let 's make sure it 's not blown out of proportion kind of yeah um, but the so there was an, another uh, consequence of this attack in Finland, which was interesting. Uh, my wife was telling me about of course, it creates some controversies because it was immigrants who uh, um, who did the attack. There were also some immigrants that uh, got very hurt protecting people. So that was kind of uh, an interesting side uh, story to this. But the bigger story is that um, there is there's a small Muslim population in Finland, um, a few thousand people, I think. But the percentage of um, people joining the ranks of ISIS is compared to other countries proportionally a lot higher in finland than it is in uh, well in other countries of course again it's only a small number of people because the the uh, the population is so slow uh, so low uh, here but still it's a concern and one of the interesting things is that they do have a mandatory military um, service in finland so every young Finnish person has to to go do the military service for a year. Uh, And apparently, uh, those would-be ISIS members would specifically go to the military service to learn military skills that they could then go and employ in the service of the terrorist group. And so that created a huge question, even moral, philosophical debate of... If a person is kind of at risk or we see they're being radicalized, should we prevent them from doing the military service, which is actually mandatory for everyone else? And that is, you know, one of those questions that is very difficult to answer because, of course, you know, are you sure the person is radicalized and a ton of questions. But, yeah, I thought this was an interesting conundrum that is being uh, uh, created by this situation here in in Finland. Um, So, yeah, that was my little additional tidbit of information. Um, All right. With the shadow of charlottesville still looming over us uh charles what can you tell us about what's been happening in the lovely land down under
0: well, I will. I'll give you two options, uh, as I, as I sometimes do, and get you guys to choose which one you want to talk about. One is a somewhat farcical constitutional crisis, where it seems that a good number of our uh, members of parliament uh, seem to be citizens of other countries, and the second is a um, a uh, postal plebiscite. Uh, about same-sex marriage, which is uh, which is coming up fairly shortly. So
1: well, take see, your choice. So exciting! I can uh, I can choose. Well, uh, let's go with the let's uh, go with the, the dual the first, citizenship. The,
2: the first, oh come on, the dual citizenship—that's the most boring, most stupid thing I've been hearing about from that down under. <laughs> Seriously, oh, so you've heard about
0: that one, have you? I've
2: heard it. It's really too, well,
0: actually. Yeah. Let, let's cover
2: it off pretty quickly and Very then we quickly, can perhaps yeah, jump into
0: ahead. the same-sex marriage debate. So, so more or less what happened, it, it all started with a barrister who had – um the somewhat unfortunate combination, too much time on his hands and a bit of a passion for the constitution who started doing some investigation and digging and he found that uh, one of the uh, Greens senators was in fact a New Zealand citizen by birth. Now this particular senator had dual citizenship but uh, then brought it to his attention that, uh, that he was a New Zealand citizen by birth and an Australian citizen and the constitution, I think it's Article forty four in the Constitution more or less says that you, you you can't have any citizenship or allegiance to any other um, to any other country other than Australia when you nominate to stand for parliament. It's not just to sit in the parliament, it's at the time of nomination. This this guy had uh, been born in New Zealand, moved to Australia, got an Australian citizenship and he moved when he was three or four or something like that and, and simply never renounced his New Zealand citizenship. So that was a bit funny. You know, he resigned and it was all a bit embarrassing.
1: Oh, he actually then, resigned. It, so just did, so he we he understand did, the it, context it, there, it, that was a, a law that people didn't really know about,
0: is it? Uh, I, it, it was it certainly wasn't front of mind. Right uh, now, any good. So it's um, not like he was trying pl-
1: to hide it and to no, no, know, not right, at
0: all, right. not at all. And 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 that that very point becomes germane a little bit later on. So uh, then that the, the next person that found out that they this person happened to be a dual Canadian citizen was in fact the deputy leader of the Greens. So she also stepped down. And not they renounce to get little, their
1: citizenship? Their other, remember that.
0: The, Yes, they can. But remember that the way the Constitution is written, it is a breach to be a citizen of both countries at the time of nomination oh, yeah. for. So it's not just standing in Parliament or, or, or occupying a seat. Um I'm sort of imagining that at this point, the major parties have have gone into a bit of a flat spin and got everybody to check their citizenship. And right now, we're up to about seven sitting members of parliament who've identified that they actually hold dual citizenship with other countries, including the deputy prime minister. (laughs) Uh, who's a guy by the name of Barnaby Joyce. Now, the the reason that this is a, as they've called it, constitutional crisis is that the current government has a majority of one in the House of Representatives. The only two members Mm. that have stood down are the two Greens, all the others have been referred to the High Court for decision by Parliament. So they're still holding their seats and they're still operating as, as members of Parliament, except for those those two Greens that stood down. So in the next oh, probably seven or eight weeks, um, the High Court is going to determine whether the Constitution intended for people who had no idea that they were dual citizens or citizens of citizens of other countries to be excluded from sitting in parliament on the basis of, of, of that particular provision of the constitution hmm. the worst look it, it's it's one of those things that's a bit embarrassing a bit of a public nightmare technically yes it is a bit of a constitutional uh, kerfuffle but you know it's 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 not something that makes a Huge difference to the people that are sitting in the parliament doesn 't make any difference to the decisions they make we've got nobody in there who's acting as a double agent for New Zealand. God only knows why they want to act as a double agent for new zealand anyway it's so so it, it, there's no suggestion that there's any nefariousness that's gone on it's it's just a basically a great big administrative cock up which is taking up too much time of our parliament
1: but it's still i mean considering the issue of the 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 seat, the majority, it does become a super important thing to sort it out.
0: It does if it gets to the point where the, uh, the people that, um, that, 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 that uh, f- have been identified in this category actually have to stand down. in particular because the deputy leader of the uh, government, the deputy PM, um, uh, the person that he defeated in his electorate is actually applied to cross-examine him in the High Court for for his particular case because, you know, there's a thought that uh, if he shouldn't have been standing for Parliament, and apparently by the letter of the Constitution he shouldn't have been, then uh, he's... um, he 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 uh, he needs to. Well, he he. There'll be a by-election. That seat will go up for election again. Presumably, he can renounce his citizenship, stand again for the by-election. But chances are, a bit like Macron, you know, the uh, the ruling parties tend to suffer a bit of a hit with popularity. And at the moment, the uh, the opposition would uh, would probably win an election mm. in, in a fairly substantial margin if an election were held now. So it it does throw things up in the air quite a lot. Mm.
1: I think I think for me, I don't know about the entirety of the, of the French population, but I think in this case, yeah, it's a cock-up, and it's messy, and it's ridiculous, but kind of the law is the law, and the Constitution says this. If you don't like it, then maybe the, the Constitution should be amended, but at this point, you can't just... It's such a bad precedent if you go like, yeah, well, we're just going to ignore it this time. So there, there seems like there shouldn't be any choice.
2: I, th- I think it's all about whether they knew it or not. If they didn't know they had dual citizenship or they thought they renounced it, it shouldn't be counted against them. Seriously. It's well, not like they deliberately hid it and... No, but it, the, 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 the letter law. of the so law is:
1: if you have the that, double pa- citizenship, then pa- Patrick's
0: point is that there, there is a there is a definite. You, you can point to some point of fact and say this is the fact of the situation. If you're saying I didn't know, then there's a judgment in that in call that's involved, and mm. and I do understand that. Um, my own personal point of view is that I'd much prefer them to be getting on with dealing with uh, more important issues than than, than <laughs> wasting their time doing this.
3: But I do take your point, Patrick.
0: Yeah.
1: Tony, the law is the law, yeah. right?
3: I, of course, we're going to agree 100% on this one. Uh, to me, the reason that it's being drug out is because these major party politicians aren't stepping down like the Greens did. You know, if they just step down, Then you amend it, but you can't amend the Constitution until all these people that are affected by it are out, in my opinion, because then you're just amending it to suit a situation that you want to fix. You know, the ruling party wants to fix it, so we're going to fix it so so that we stay the ruling party. Uh, Bear in mind. I'm with Patrick. Sorry, go on. (laughs) Bear in mind
0: that uh, an amendment to the Constitution in Australia requires a referendum. Referenda almost never Pass in Australia, um, it requires a uh, majority of people in a majority of states uh, as a popular vote, which is a compulsory popular vote, vote to uh, pass an amendment to the Constitution. Um, well, okay, then don't amend it,
1: but just don't amend it, but just make sure for, from now until the end of eternity that you don't have dual citizenship or you renounce the other citizenship if you want to sit in parliament in in the U, in the US
2: mm. in Australia no? yeah but and most most of, most of these patrick people they never they didn't even know they had dual
1: no, citizenship no of course of course but for the future check make sure yes
3: absolutely absolutely yeah. and we and, would have found this you, out you, during the election <laughs> election process i'm telling yeah, you right so, now some <laughs> some <laughs> journalists
1: some reporters <laughs> would would have found <laughs> out
0: you could not have done it in the US without somebody finding yeah. out, I'm sure. And and I, I think it's probably fair to say that this will be uh, checked by parties a lot more stringently than it had been in the past. Um, I think th- there's a bit of an assumption. And you know what? One of the things I've discovered around this is that um, citizenship laws and, and having citizenship, it's actually really complex. And it's quite, quite likely that if you were born in another country, Patrick, for the sake of the argument... Um, what citizenship do you have
1: uh well so it's very complicated i could have kept yes. my greek citizenship <laughs> actually uh i could have kept my greek citizenship i i might still i didn't renew it i don't know if i could if i should have asked for it to so, okay here, that's a perfect example i'm not sure yeah. i don't yeah. think i have the greek citizenship i, I definitely have a french c- uh, citizenship but um mm-hmm. I'm not, I, I would be 95% sure it's only French. But yeah, I would need to check. Was I to run for office in, um, in Australia, I would need to not only get the, the <laughs> Australian citizenship and renounce my French one, but find out if I had a Greek one. So, good point. Uh, so, what <sighs> about that, um, that uh, gay ballot thing?
0: Uh, the, the gay ballot thing, that's an that's interesting choice of words. So, um, <laughs> at the moment, in Australia, same-sex marriage is not legal. Quick straw poll, is it legal in France? Yes. Is it legal in Finland? Yes. Uh, Turkey? <laughs> I think they gays don't exist
1: in, in Saudi Arabia. <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm, I'm offering you the opportunity to contribute. <laughs> and and, and uh, Tony? Tony? State by sometimes. state in the U.S.? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah state by state. Yeah, state by state in the U.S. So, so essentially it's, it's 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 not legal in Australia. States have tried to legalise it. I think at least one state in the Northern Territory has tried to legalise it, but the federal government's come over the top and said you actually don't have, to have the power to change the Marriage Act. Um it is, it, the High Court's ruled that this is not a constitutional question, so it's, it's a change to the Marriage Act that the Parliament can make. There is no doubt from opinion polls that the majority of Australians support same-sex marriage. The government, the existing government, is not allowing members of Parliament... Um, or or members of their party to vote on this as a conscience vote. They have to vote along party lines, which means that any bill around marriage equality is not getting through the House of Representatives. They went to the last election saying, we're going to do uh, what's called a plebiscite. It's different from a referendum because it's actually not binding at all, uh, which is basically a massive government-funded opinion poll. Where they'll ask the question, "Do you support same-sex marriage?" Um, that uh, that got nailed by uh, the the opposition for a range of reasons, and so the government's now said, "Well, we went to the uh, went to the polls saying that we would do this this plebiscite. Um, we can't do a walk-up ballot plebiscite, so we're going to do a postal vote. So in a couple of weeks." Everybody who's registered to vote in Australia will get a letter asking them to vote yes or no on same-sex marriage. Um, the, the, the reason that this is a bit of, a, bit of an issue uh, or, or is, is, is uh, hitting the news a bit is a couple of reasons. One, as I mentioned before, there's not a lot of doubt based on opinion polls that the majority of voters support same-sex marriage. So the government's about to spend and uh, And this might sound like small biggies in your world, but it makes it means a lot to us a bit over a hundred million dollars to ask a question that they already know the answer to. Second thing is that by creating the public debate, there 's a fear and a risk that it will become quite um, divisive, quite vindictive. Uh, and and quite uh, quite quite a quite an aggressive debate from from the from the yes and the no sides and if 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 your public debate in 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 France Finland, Saudi Arabia, and the United States is anything like what 's happening in Australia, people are actually rapidly losing the ability to have a public debate on the facts of the issue, and it's very much becoming about personality and becoming about half-truths and becoming about three-word slogans. So the, uh, the, the, the public debate that exists around this is, is going to get very muddy, quite messy, and probably not addressing the core issues. So we, we might be in for a little divisive time here in the campaign so leading up to the postal vote.
1: Are you advocating that we shouldn't ask the people what they want? Are you saying the parliament should vote in 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 secret? And you know, I I'm
0: playing, but there is some some truth to it. I so mean, if 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 it, the if you're if you're assuming if you're assuming as a going in position that the parliament don't know what the people want, that might make some sense.
1: But opinion polls, I don't know, man. I'm I'm playing just a tiny little bit of dev- devil's advocate here because i think everyone on the show knows listening to the show knows i am for uh same sex marriage and i've detailed the reasons why in a lengthy blog post you can find on uh, patrickbeja.com go go look up uh, search for marriage on that website and you'll find it and it's i think it's a very it's a reasoning that makes a lot of sense but Yes, probably everyone is for it and opinion polls are right and everything. But if the situation is stuck and politically it's a real problem, if politically it's it's not possible to do for reasons that might seem dumb, I don't know. I, I it seems to me like it let's if you have the plebiscite and mm-hmm. people return with a resounding yes, then the thing is kind of settled, and the people have spoken, and that's it.
0: Interestingly, right? no, it's not.
1: I mean, they have to vote it, but if they don't, then no, it, it no, looks really no. shitty.
0: They, they, well, they don't have to vote it. They, they have the option of not voting it in. Uh, they right. can they can continue to uh, to delay the vote or uh, d- d- delay passing the bill. There is there is nothing binding about the plebiscite. The plebiscite is actually seen largely as a delaying tactic. The okay, other point so are not particular- sincere. Oh, well, look, I. I, I you know what? I actually think there are genuinely enough people in the parliament who want to see the uh, marriage equality passed, but for political reasons, it's a difficult thing for them to engineer. Exactly. Put that yeah. aside. Yeah. Put that aside. If, with with this particular postal vote, it not being a compulsory vote, we have compulsory voting in Australia, but this particular plebiscite is not a compulsory vote. It's a postal vote. You spoke about the the vagaries of a opinion polls, in fact, the way that this vote is structured, it's up to, or it, it's potentially open to um, uh, political manipulation anyway, because a bit like the Brexit campaign, it's the people who will be motivated enough to vote that will get out there and vote. And if we consider the extremes of both debate or both sides of the debate, debate, my guess would be, and this is only a guess, this is a completely uninformed guess, is that the people who have strong opinions on no to same-sex marriage, which would be ultra-conservatives, church groups, so on and so forth, might actually outnumber the people who have strong opinions on marriage equality. The vast majority of people will be for marriage equality, but maybe might not be motivated to, to to cast the yes vote because they think it's a should be a bit of a fait accompli. That's mm. a bit of a concern. I don't know whether that's actually going to happen or not. That's that's just conjecture. Yeah. But, uh, right. but 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 uh, it, it it's just as open to manipulation as a. Um, as a uh an, an opinion poll depending on how you ask the question the other point being that the question that will be asked is is not subject to review it's framed by the prime minister or the cabinet so how that question gets asked we we don't have any direct input into all, all right, in t- all it's a shitty way of deciding the question mm. tony any thoughts on the matter
3: uh, well, first of all, I want to correct myself. The United States is nationwide. Um, gay marriage is legal. It's not state-by-state state anymore. Um, so oh, I apologize really? for that. Okay. Yes, yeah. Um, I I looked it up because I thought that didn't sound right, what I just said. And okay. there was a Supreme Court ruling on the 26th of uh, 2015, June 26, 2015. But anyway, um, about what you guys are doing, Charles, what you said makes a lot of sense about especially that part about and i don't know the numbers i don't really know much about australia but the the hard well i'll use the terms i'm familiar with in the united states the hard conservative groups that maybe wouldn't be in favor of it might outnumber the hard liberal groups that would so that could create a problem for you guys um so yeah that i see where that could be an issue and i see where that could be very concerning for you
2: mm
1: it's you know I'm I yeah I can, I think I understand uh what you're saying uh, Charles and, and you know what you're agreeing with Tony I'm just a stickler for the rules and sometimes the rules are crappy but what I get down to is ultimately that's all we have if everything else is taken yep. away Yep kind of it's it's the same as you know the 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 discussion about the dual citizenship and the if if you start playing around with those, and it's possible, but of course when that happens, I think we should stand up for, I mean, personally, I would stand up for the rules. And this seems like it's being done, they're using the the rules in kind of a crafty way, but you're still playing within the, you know...
0: Um, the, 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 um in point of fact they're making the rules up as they go along oh um right. and so so the the idea of a pleb I'm I'm not a young person I'm not a very old person never in my life have, has there been any mention of a plebiscite other no, but they than don't with have respect to, do to this they don't have no, to do they vote don't for have it. to they
1: don't have to no. decide on on same sex marriage they could just say yeah, sorry we don't think it's a it's a good thing so yeah we'll let the next okay. uh, government do it
0: That's absolutely true. Um, There there is no question about that. If they were following one set of rules, another set of rules, the vote that gets put to the parliament would be voted on by the the, uh, members of parliament as they saw fit, and the bill would have been passed many, many years ago. The rules that are being played by are effectively party line rules or backroom rules that the public don't get to vote on.
1: But the public votes on electing the members of parliament. They don't get to vote Uh, on every piece of legislation.
0: No, they don't, and nor should they get to vote on every piece of legislation, and that's precisely the point. The point is that if the parliament were able to do its job and vote as they are fully aware the majority of people want to do... Or, 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 or wish the direction to to go in, then this would be a non-issue. The bill would have but, been passed, and we would have moved on by now.
1: But you know that, that I'm surprised that I'm taking this side of the argument. I honestly am. <laughs> no, but I, I,
0: I'm glad that you are. But, but, um, so th- no, essentially just let me like, let me like,
1: address what you okay do, what you just said. Uh, the the way governments and democracies work is not to put someone in place that will do you know, that that they decide we'll do this or that specifically on every issue. They put someone in place that they trust to make the right decisions. Yes, there are campaign uh, points that people will make and they will say we'll do this or that. And you can reasonably expect that they will do that. But once that's happened, then the people who are politicians and and public servants – Are the ones who are, who should be quote unquote trusted to make the decisions. And we're not going to be babysitting them. And, and they shouldn't, you know, ask us for every decision they have to make. That's why being a politician is so difficult and it's an actual job and it creates some, you know, controversies sometimes in the public because people say, oh, they don't understand, you know, the intricacies of government work and political political work and that creates frustration but i strongly believe that the all of the things that are being regarded as you know backroom thing and and there there is some uh playing around with the rules but ultimately the you're saying if they did put this to vote and then they would do what the majority of the people want i don't think politicians should make their decisions Based. It's a controversial thing, but I don't think they should make their decisions based on what the majority of the people want, because these issues are sometimes complex and difficult to understand in their entirety. And your job as a politician is to understand them in their entirety. Um, okay, let's in, go so to the short, version.
2: Let's let's go, oh, go to on. the short version of what Patrick just said. Mm. He's anti-gay marriage, and <laughs> <going. laughs>
0: in, in, in in a roundabout way, Patrick, I think we're actually in violent agreement on this. Mm-hmm. But it's a good discussion point, in any case. Um, mm-hmm. So, your your notion that the 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 parliament or the elected representatives should be entrusted to govern on 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 as they see fit. I absolutely agree with. If they were, uh, uh, and in fact, the idea of a plebiscite for this particular issue runs absolutely counter to that, yes?
1: Uh, I don't know. I mean, a plebiscite, if, it seems to me like the government doesn't want to implement same-sex marriage, right?
0: Right. Um, not precisely, and this is where it's even more complex than that. See, the government, there, there are enough people in the government that would support same sex marriage for the bill to be passed in Parliament.
1: So they don't want to appear like they're leaning what? too much to the left?
0: They or? don't want to pass the bill. It's not that there is, as individuals they don't agree with same sex marriage, but for a range of political reasons they don't want to pass the bill because there is a faction within the current um, uh, current governing parties that is uh, ultra conservative. So that's all about internal politics.
1: Mm, so they would lose the support of that fringe, and then that would mean that they can't um, keep governing properly anymore.
0: Yeah, they they, they, they would uh, well, they, they would suffer internal turmoil, and then get rooted at the next general election, probably.
1: You know, as so, as, so as,
0: yeah. All right, so, and, and then let's move um, on. But so so by by putting this to a plebiscite, they're doing precisely the thing that you're arguing against and I actually agree with you on this which is saying "Eh, you know what you've entrusted us to govern but we don't want to make that decision we're going to put it to the people on this one issue which in fact they already know what the outcome of that will be So, um, I'm I'm saying you either do it, you don't do it, you you park it for the next government. That would be a fine, well, not a fine outcome. I'd much prefer to see us have uh, marriage equality as law. But um, but but that that's a more reasonable outcome than a potentially divisive social debate, which is going to cause a lot of harm to a lot of people.
1: Mm. Yeah, I can understand. I can see that aspect of it as well. I'm just in that case. Why are they they doing the plebiscite at all? Why aren't they they just saying? Well, let's we won't do it. So Uh
0: because because they campaigned on a plebiscite uh at the last at the last general election. Alright. Uh, right, and well, I would have strong doubts as to whether that was the issue that on that uh, most people cast their vote on. Mm.
1: Well, you know what? Let's hope the plebiscite says yes and then they ha- they are even more uh you know, their hand is forced to do it.
0: We'll see what happens. Maybe you, <laughs> to maybe the extent they, that it can be. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, All right. Turkey, what's been happening in Saudi Arabia?
2: Well, in Saudi Arabia, the biggest news right now is we have just started the Hajj season, which is basically the yearly pilgrimage of Muslims to the holy city of Mecca. Uh, We have already around just over one and a half million people have arrived into the, the country to perform the pilgrimage and more to come. Uh, The first day of pilgrimage is um, on Thursday, if I'm I'm not wrong. So I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, The government is at full force preparing for that huge influx. There will be, at the end of the day, around 3 million people, all in the same place, very small place, moving around, performing their uh, religious pilgrimage in Saudi.
1: So you talk about this, it's every what? Ten months or it's every year. Once a year year? is it? Yeah, it's once a year. I thought it was on a different calendar. Well,
2: well, because it's a different calendar. It's the the lunar calendar. Right. The lunar calendar. Yeah, yeah, because there's a difference of eleven days between the Gregorian calendar and the lunar calendar. So it shifts eleven days every year. Okay, so
1: I think I might have asked this uh, before, but of course, it's a very you know holy. Uh, uh, event and it's very reflexive for a lot of people and religious and all of this. How commercial is it? Because 3 million people coming to a city, however holy it is, there are going to be some people who want to make money off of them, right?
2: Well, well uh, commercial, yeah, of course, it's kind of commercial in the way that it's uh, economically a huge boost to exactly, the country. Yeah. Because everybody's coming in, uh, for one, you have to. Your you, uh, Saudi does not allow any more individuals to come alone; they have to come through a tour, uh, and so that's organized by a, a company, either uh, mostly local companies, because they have to organize for you housing. There's areas in this pilgrimage where they are housed into tents they also need to organize their movement the move uh, between uh, different areas whether they use buses walking or using the uh, tram system and train system and so on so it's very commercialized i think uh, you know in its own way that you actually spend money uh, but it's not commercialized to the point that when you go and see it on tv you'd sign see commercial signs everywhere <laughs> and people's and stalls everywhere and people buying and so on uh, it's actually to the point there there was an attempt to commercialize it especially from some organiz- some companies like telecom companies in saudi where they were giving away free umbrellas and the, all the umbrellas had their logos on them mm. so it was a huge fight and uh, the government has come in and kind of put the control to the, to it because it was so commercialized to the point that one company would give out umbrella, then the other company would come in and they would go to these pilgrims, take the umbrellas and give them two umbrellas in their logo instead.
1: <laughs> and, and that, Just, I, I imagine, was not like that was pushing it.
2: Oh, yeah, that was very pushing it. The government had to interfere and had to stop them. Uh, it, at the end of the day, the uh, there's two levels of commercialism in this, uh, which is one All of these uh, tour guides and these uh, companies that organize the pilgrimage for these pilgrims. So that's the number one. And then all of these pilgrims, and usually this is usually at the end of the pilgrimage, at the last few days of pilgrimage, they start going out to the malls, to the shopping districts, to the souks Mm. and so on. And they start buying like crazy and taking it back home with them. Uh, some of them see these as uh, uh, gifts from a holy site, although most of them are made in uh, China and India. But anyway, so <laughs> so. <laughs> so yeah.
1: What exactly do you do when you make that pilgrimage? I, I you know, I know about Hajj, but I never. Yeah. You yeah, just well, go there and walk around the thing and well, that's
2: it? it yeah, no, there is a specific system and a path that you take. It usually starts with you going to the holy city of Mecca, residing there until the day of the pilgrimage. And when the day of pilgrimage comes in, you start to move to a different location. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a mountain area uh, and where you settle in for the day, you perform prayers there and then you move on to different locations after that and and there is a stoning of a symbol. there's there are three symbols that represent the devil that you're supposed to stone and then you also if you can afford it you're supposed to sacrifice an animal and so on so it's it's kind of a long journey it's it's in its own way but it's all in uh, official. it's about in Four days or five days, Mm. a journey, and that you have to perform. You move around, you do these specific acts where you collect stones in one area, then you go to where the uh, these uh, pillars that represent the devil, and you have to stone the devil. Well, you don't actually stone the devil.
1: infrastructure like you have to have people bring the stones back like all the time oh yeah because yes, there's yes. three million people yes. doing this
2: yeah 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 that's that happens and there was huge projects where they, they also have crowd control uh, throughout time we had a lot of uh, disasters where overcrowding and pushing ended up with people dying because mm-hmm. of this we had to have a lot of infrastructure build it up Controlling the crowd, different languages are implemented all around the the place, and so on. And, and it's huge. It's huge. It's uh, for garbage. They had to implement a system where you they can't just go around and empty all like the, these garbage cans, especially with three million people are there at the same time. So they implemented a system where all the garbages are connected together, and you just throw it in, and it's sucked to the central garbage collection center. Wow. So you don't have all the garbage collected in the same place and then you have to go and empty it and so on. Uh, it's 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 gigantic. To be honest, it's one of the f- things that I am proud of how this government implements because they do take it seriously and they take good care of all these pilgrims when they perform their hajj. Uh, but as I say, it's three million people is not easy. We have a lot of struggles with these people, uh, either because of language, uh, poor knowledge. Uh, they, they, or, th-
1: this is one of the pillars of Islam, right? It's one that every yes, Muslim should is, do if they can during their yes, life. Every,
2: every, every capable Muslim is required to perform Hajj once in their life. Mm. Yes, so How many Muslims are there worldwide, do you know? There's over a billion. I'm not sure exactly. It's it's one one billion something, and I'm not ex- sure exactly how much. Mm. So so you have all of those people, and if if you can afford doing the pilgrimage, you are required to perform it. So and that's the other problem we have: uh, get controlling these people, making sure the government has initiated a long time ago through the uh, organization of Islamic countries, where the government gives a quotation to each country a specific number of people are allowed to perform hajj from that country. And then that country gives away those uh, permits to their people. And then you have the problem. And and the same problem we had here, it was open for people who reside in Saudi, whether expats or Saudis, to perform hajj. Then the government decided, okay, this is getting out of control. Too many people were performing from inside Saudi. So also, if you live in Saudi, you have to get a permit to perform hajj. And you're only allowed... To get a permit in Saudi, if you're a Saudi citizen or an expat living in Saudi, every three years Mm. you're allowed to perform hajj. So you're not allowed to do it every single year because there were people who would go every single year and perform hajj and that's just made overcrowding and uh, making it more difficult for the people who never did hajj in their lives and to do it right. so it's 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 a gigantic it's a gigantic project it's uh, hopefully this time it will pass without any accidents or deaths uh, uh, and and i think the biggest the number one problem we face during pilgrimage and hajj is uh, trying to educate the people performing the hajj a lot of these people A good percentage of them are undereducated people, poor people who are coming from third world countries who really don't know much about the pilgrimage or about uh, what they're supposed to do. There's actually people who would go to these pillars that represent the devil. They actually think the devil is inside the pillar. Really? Which is, they actually believe in that, and they would go, they would throw shoes at the pillar because they want to insult the devil. They would throw, it's, it's ridiculous, you would see all the slippers they collect with the stones that are thrown at the devil, and people cursing the devil as they throw some mm. stuff at him. So, this is one of the things, it's, uh, in Islam, so, those pillars symbolize the devil, that we don't believe the devil is there at all.
1: Right, so there is yeah. kind of a, like... Does it, I, I have no idea how it actually works, but in the Quran, they actually say, you know, you should stone the pillars, like, does it say as a symbol of the devil? Or does it say the devil is in the pillars? Or is it like open to interpretation? And the Saudi government and scholars say, well, it's a symbol. No, it's not no, actually no. In there. No, all,
2: no, all, all scholars agree unanimously that it symbolizes the devil. There's no devil in there. Mm. If the devil is in there, then why are there three stones? Where is he? Is he in the first one, second one, or third <laughs> one? or which? <laughs> no, everybody, okay. uh, religiously, the scholars, all agree it symbolizes the devil. Uh the story, and I could be wrong about the story, is that these represent the locations where the devil stood trying to—I think it was the prophet Abraham trying to tell—corrupting to uh, corrupting against God. Mm. So those are the places where he's, the devil stood to trying to corrupt him. So it just symbolizes him, and that's why they tried to stone it and so on.
1: Okay. All right. Well, interesting. Um I didn't realize that the the government, Saudi government had to issue uh, a number of permits f- for every country for, well, if, to if limit they, the if number. They,
2: trust me, if they don't do that, you, we would have easily 10 million people yeah, trying of to crap into a place that's hardly even able to handle yeah. 3 million people.
1: It's funny, it's like, uh, well, <laughs> silly comparison. But if you ever want to go to the uh, Ghibli Museum in Tokyo, uh, you actually have to get your um, permit before, your, to buy your ticket before in your own country because there's too many people who want to go there. Although,
2: Yeah, I th- and I think there's a waiting list of three or six months to get there. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember. We
1: went there and there was a, a, a waiting list. Uh, it's not three million people a year, though. It's a little bit less, I'm sure.
2: Well, I don't think that studio is as big as a city or an area. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: It's it's relatively small. Um all right, uh, so let's uh, move on to Tony and the United States of America. Uh, isn't that
2: the United States of Trump? Um, <laughs> mm, I wouldn't say that.
3: He, he'd probably be okay with that, but no. Probably. <laughs>
2: um,
1: so for, I think, one of the, well, you know what, I'll ask questions afterwards if I have any. Um, hey, Tony, what's been happening in the U.S.? Once we making headlines.
3: There, yeah, I wish there was more to tell. I mean, we had a pretty big trade between the Boston Celtics and the Cleveland Cla- Cavaliers. <laughs> I figure that's what you're all here to yeah, listen yeah, to, yeah. right? Clearly. Yeah, clearly. What, what's, uh, what's the thought? Who came out on top on that one? Uh, Cavs, I think. Um, <laughs> as, long as, um, as long as Thomas is healthy, you know, I think the, they got more assets, and Thomas is a really good point guard. Now, he's used to controlling the ball, just like Kyrie was. I don't know how he'll get along with LeBron, who likes to control the ball, but I think the Cavs came out ahead. Yeah, I think...
2: about the the MLS? Uh, How's how's the scores in that? The what? The MLS. (laughs) Uh,
3: I don't know. (laughs) I have no idea
1: what you sports people are talking about. (laughs) Major League Soccer. Oh, right, right, right. No, I I know LeBron. LeBron James. I know. He plays (laughs) basketball, so that's how I understood you were talking about basketball.
3: Yeah, I was joking a little bit, but Charles hit me with an actual question. So, you know, basketball <laughs> is my sport, so I had to answer it. But no, you that's know, the enough. the Trump stuff, the the infighting between the two sides, that's that's all that's going on right now in America. So,
1: yeah, that's that's really what I want to talk about uh if it's okay with you. I want to talk about the obviously the thing that was the most shocking for I think everyone in probably in the world, and it seems very many people in the u s was that obviously that charlottesville uh event thing that sure. happened and um yeah the 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 demonstration there and of of course the reaction of uh donald trump so I'm, uh, that's why i'm nervous um what did you think of all of this, Tony?
3: Well, um, let's where to start. Goodness. Okay, so first of all, uh, as I've been on this show a, co- a few times, and uh, everyone that's heard me probably knows I'm I'm a conservative uh, Christian Republican guy. Um, I do not share the views of the. Um, White supremacists uh, that were at the Charlottesville rally, I think they are despicable human beings. They are disgusting. They're racist. They're horrible. So uh, let's just get that out of the way right now. Um, I think that now, I'm go- now that I got that easy stuff out, I'm going to say the controversial stuff. Um, the First Amendment gave them a right to be there uh they did what they needed to do to gather legally uh what they had to say and the way they did it was disgusting but they do have the right to be there and i think the first amendment is important because i can't shut someone down just because i don't agree with what they say mm. now yep. you want to go the, you want me to keep going or you want to stop there
1: um. No. I mean, keep, keep <laughs> going. I'll have I'll have questions afterwards. Sure. I'm sure. But uh, well,
3: I was writing notes on everyone else's d- during everyone else's stuff. So feel free to jot down some notes during mine. I know you'll have some <laughs> sure. stuff you want to come back to. Sure. Um, the violence was horrible. It was sad. Um, I put and I had a I had a Twitter argument discussion about this uh, right after it happened. I put the vast majority of the responsibility for that violence on the white supremacists um, if they hadn't been there saying their disgusting things the people that uh, reacted to them wouldn't have been there so I do um, I also put some smaller much smaller amount of responsibility on the other side who attacked them um, And just because I say that, I've had people already say that I'm a Nazi. I'm not a Nazi. Um, I just think that if one group is standing around saying stupid, horrible things, and another group comes up and ready for violence, both groups are ready for violence. Both groups hold some responsibility. I put more responsibility on the more disgusting group, which is the white supremacists, but there's responsibility in the words of trump well i don't want to say many sides because it's two sides but on both sides So um, yeah go ahead no please
1: you know i i think i might surprise people here but i can live with most of what you're saying um okay i i i was ready to be feisty <laughs> um, <laughs> i know <laughs> i think the the reason. Why I can live with what you're saying is what you did in the beginning, which is basically Nazis are bad, period, yes, and that's the most and important thing, the first thing you have to say before you say anything else, right and sorry yes. go ahead i I'll, I'll, I have no. more, but
3: okay well i I want to talk about Trump's responses because I agree with. I mostly agree with everyone else. I don't agree that him saying there were multiple sides at fault was the end of the world. I don't agree with that. There were multiple sides at fault. That's obvious. I agree with everyone that said he should have absolutely denounced the KKK, the white supremacists, the Nazis, whatever you want to call them. I think all of those groups were well represented at the uh, Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville. He should have condemned that side. I also think he should have condemned the Antifa side who um, initiated violence against the the white supremacists. Um, so that was his first response. He could have done better. That's how I, he should have done it. His second response was great. His second response, I thought, was spot on. It you mean was the forced everything. one. He
1: he sp- yes. belched uh, two days later,
3: <laughs> and I agree. He was probably. Uh, I, I won't say forced, I don't know that you can force him to do anything, but he was encouraged, encouraged yeah. strongly to make that second response, and it was a good one. You know, if he would just stop there, great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he doesn't. He goes out a third time <laughs> and just blows it. Um, mm. it. You know, what's the alt-right? What is the, I don't know what the alt-right, do you know what the alt-right? That's stupid. He knows what the alt-right is. I really think my, my issue with the c- climate right now is immediately as soon as someone sees something and I'm going to say left- right terms, as soon as someone on the left sees something they don't agree with that they don't like the word Nazis coming out, it's coming out really fast, mm. and I don't like it. Um, people that are not anywhere close to being Nazis are being called Nazis, and I'm not saying the people in Charlottesville they, they were they were wearing swastikas and doing salutes call them Nazis, but someone that says, well, you know, maybe Antifa holds some responses. That that doesn't mean they're a Nazi, and that's getting old. I don't think, and this is all just me thinking, this is all my opinion, and right, I have right. no but proof, just but, like no one else has proof of the opposite, but I don't think Trump is a KKK supporter, okay? I think his issue when he was doing all these responses was – He's a narcissist, and he wants his base to love him, and he's a well aware, and he needs to. I'm telling you right now, I think he needs to disavow, distance himself from the alt-right. But he feels like he can't because he wants the, all, all his base to love him. So he kind of mm. – what's he, he He snuck around the situation without – I mean he disavowed them, but then he took it back a little bit, yeah. and I don't agree with what he did. But I don't think that means he's a racist. I think that means he's a narcissist well, that wants people to love him. Yeah. And I mean, you don't he have any proof he... that he's a racist, just like well, I don't have any proof that okay, he's a Okay,
1: at some point you can't read someone's mind, but uh to go back just a little bit, I sure. I I understand that, you know, there is going to be some measure and it's basically what you said, uh, but I agree with most of it. There is some measure of responsibility by both groups. Sure. If you put Nazis in one place, and people who hate Nazis in another place, it, I mean, in the same place, yes, at some point there is there might be violence and there might be some uh, someone who, you know, responded to a salute with a shove and then the shove became a punch, and yes, that might happen. But at, just as you said, you can't put the people fighting Nazis and Nazis... On the same plane right it 's like correct right i think I think we all agree on this, and I really think that the entirety and also i mean we didn 't even mention it, but the uh the the uh, dude who run into a crowd with his car killing someone i mean there's not even need to discuss it because I think we all agree that yeah that okay. what that was, but there is um You know, it's, it's when you're talking about, I've often wondered, where do I put the limit on this show? Like if you have just for the sake of argument, uh, actual, uh, Stalin believers who come in and start talking about what we should do to people who are like this or like that, that is not great historically. And the more obvious, uh, other extreme is if you have which are not equivalent because we don't have actual communists coming and and uh, you know saying we should put this or that person's head on a spike but the other extreme being nazis and i think if we had talked about this a few months ago if we had said well what happens if there are nazis in the street i think most people would have said huh, well you're exaggerating and that's the reason why this is so horrible Because now, if we talk about Nazis, and you're saying, Tony, oh, people call everyone Nazis, and that's not good. I agree, that's not good. You shouldn't go to the Godwin point immediately. But in this specific case, it's not even, you know, uh, arguments about Godwin point aren't valid, because this is actual Nazis. This is literally Nazis and white supremacists and, you know, and and... The most important thing, as we mentioned, was to denounce them. And I don't think Trump has done that. And he, as you said, he was encouraged the second time and then he walked it back very publicly and very strongly. Um, And if you can't, you know, assume that there is some racism in a person when they refuse to denounce racists and Nazis... I don't know how, when you can, you know, when do you decide that someone is probably a bit racist and not a good person? If what else do they have to do? Like if you want to talk about, there are many other things that are debatable, you know, do they employ these kinds of people? Do they say this? Do they uh, argue for this or that piece of policy? All of these, I think you can say, well, yeah, this is kind of anti-that group or anti-that group, but really there are other reasons for this, and you can argue about it. When there are Nazis, literal, actual Nazis in the street, and the president, a person in in a a responsibility, in a position of responsibility, refuses to say Nazis are bad, that makes that... I don't know what else can... You know, give the reasonable indication, not the proof, but the reasonable indication that that person is a racist. And I really think that this was a stark contrast because everyone in the U.S., I think, not everyone, but many, 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 many people in the U.S., including on the right, had the quote unquote correct reaction, which is saying Nazis are bad. That's all is required. That's all that's required. And most of them did it. And Trump obviously you know, stood up like a sore, thro- a sore throat, sore thumb, um, because he couldn't say Nazis are bad. And that is important. And if you don't infer uh, uh, any conclusions on someone's character through that, then you never can. You can't read his mind and you never can read anyone's mind. You know, there when, again, no Godwin point, because we're actually talking about Nazis, I'm sure that some people were defending some of the, uh, you know, uh, Nazi party ideology before uh, uh, 39 and a little bit before that, because they were saying, well, this is the reason, this is why economically and, you know, scientifically and whatever, you can always defend it. But at one point you have to, and I guess that brings me to uh, another question? I don't know. Do you I I guess you don't think he's a racist, but how do you still support the guy? Do you think he's, you know, I I asked you a long time ago, what would he he need to do in order for him to lose your support as a voter? Um, And I can't remember what the response was, but what does he I don't understand. Do you still support the guy?
3: Do I... do I support him? Well, let's let's break that down to would I vote for him in the next election? And that's de- and I'll, I'll be honest, it totally depends on who he's running against. Um, he says, let's, say, let's make this
1: fun. Let's say he's running against Hillary Clinton.
3: <laughs> I vote for him again. Seriously? Yes, because there is there's good Trump and there's bad Trump. And I think that I'm honest enough with myself to recognize the two. Now, you have called me out on whether or not he's racist. We can go back to that. We might end up being there all day. Um, he did denounce them. You say it was forced. I say it was encouraged. Either way, he was pressed into denouncing you know, them. Like, but the The, you can't, the, the you fact know, the, is the, people the say that he, was, he didn't 30 do it, that he me. did. Just 30 yeah. seconds.
1: You, there is one topic in the world where you can't have it both ways. One topic. It's Nazis. Literal Nazis. You can't give him a pass because he said at one point... Again, as you said, if he had stopped after the second time, I would agree with you. I would say, well, he ended up denouncing them. Okay, I still think he might be a racist, but fair enough, he did. He went through the motions. But... On that one topic, it's not gun control. It's not the 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 abortion. It's not all of those incredibly divisive topics. It's Nazis walking in the streets of the U.S. You you can't say, "Well, he kind of
3: denounced it." Well, let's take a step back for a second, okay? And I'm not going to say there were many good people at the Charlottesville Unite the Right rally. Um, because I watched video, I didn't see good people there. But I also didn't see all not. You got to remember that group was comprised of multiple groups. All despicable, all gross, but not all Nazis. I mean, you're saying that's the one thing he no, can't Nazis do. No, Nazis and racists, Ra- and the thing is, Nazis and racists and white supremacists and KKK, right, right. all bad. Um, so. Now you made me forget where I was going with that. No, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. You were, I was um, asking
1: about the, if you would vote for him again and you said, well, you know, he walked it back and he's not really, we don't know. There's good Trump and bad Trump is what you were saying.
3: There is uh, some of the things that he's done. I agree with some of the things, mostly the things that he's said, I disagree with, but you know, you, you asked if it was Hillary Clinton up against him i don 't like what she would bring toward my my personal way of life, which is you know um, well i already got into my background, so I think most people with with knowledge of her and her philosophies would know why I have problems with what she might bring to the table um, i I like some of the things he's Done now. I think he needs to focus on policy and not talking, uh, and he'd do a lot better. But
1: what are some of the things that you like that he's done, just so you understand? Because I'm kind of
3: I like his appointment of Gorsuch to, as to the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. I agree with what he has said recently about um, the sending the additional troops. To Afghanistan and his philosophy there. I agree with his um, limiting of illegal immigration. I agree with his philosophies on legal immigration. I agree. Mm. Go ahead. No, Go ahead. I mean
1: I, I I understand all of these, and those are conservative. Uh, sure. Issues on which you fall on the conservative side. I'm just—it's getting to a point with everything that's happened, and especially with this, with this him refusing to to denounce the um, the, the those white supremacists. I, I guess I get back to to another form of the question: is what are you willing to sacrifice? To get, and that's not a question to you, Tony. It's a question, a philosophical uh, question that everyone should ask themselves, which is: What are you willing to sacrifice of your beliefs to get another part of your, you know, of what you you believe is important? And. It's kind of a road to hell is paved with good intentions and it feels like now with Trump it's like yeah you know he says this he does that but at least he's getting uh uh you know a conservative on the Supreme Court but at least he's getting um you know defunding uh some of the uh healthcare uh uh administration that we don't care for like uh uh, uh family planning and stuff like that and i really wonder i mean Sure, there are some, yes, good things that, quote unquote, good things that a conservative administration is going to bring. But what are you sacrificing for it? And and I would have thought that this was the, the, the breaking point. You know, it's like, I'm sorry, but again, KKK and Nazis, if you, if we can't start the kind of, this is where I'm coming from. You can't start the conversation if the the Nazis are in the street and the person doesn't say, yes, the Nazis are bad. Because if you don't say that, and let's not meander about whether or not he said it, because I think that we all agree he walked it back. Um, if you don't say that, then you normalize it. Then you make it acceptable in some form. Then you ma- yet Then that becomes the, the the movement increases, and I think this is morally a, a difficult question because it means that people would have to disavow someone that they or policies that they might have thought were important. But that's a hard choice that I think people should should make. I don't know how to explain this better, but it's like. Racism and that kind of overt preaching of of, uh, um, prejudice and hatred is where the line should be drawn. And anything that comes after that, yes, Supreme Court appointee, sure. By the way, he's already there, so you got that one. Everything that comes after it, I mean, that should not... That the, the, the conversa- that it becomes a non-starter because the first requirement of the conversation hasn't been met. Does that make sense or am I crazy?
3: No, no. it make, I, I completely get where you're coming from and I agree. Um, I just... How do I want to put this? I don't think... I don't believe that... He is causing a rise in Nazism in America, and that's that's been said. And if anything is causing a rise in, Nazi in is it Nazism in America, I believe it's the hard left calling oh, everyone on Nazis. On. Yeah. Uh, oh, come on! If you, not you, if <laughs> someone calls, if someone calls everyone, if if everyone's throwing the Nazi word around, and and really. And I'm not defending Do You really this, think it's happening? I'm,
1: like, I, I'm, maybe I, I'm Nazi- not seeing it.
3: Nazism?
1: No, I mean, people, or, people ask,
3: calling everyone.
1: I mean, everyone's been calling yes. Nazis everyone for, for forever. It's kind of the Godwin point, which we discussed. But that's not, well, I mean.
3: Here, here's where it comes down to for me. The, the Nazism, the KKK, the white supremacy, it's a, they're calling it white uh, identity politics, and I believe they're being pushed into that by the other side's identity politics you see i i see i've seen it multiple times online where my opinion doesn't count because i 'm a white man i and well i mean that, that yeah uh,
1: that we could we could debate about for for a very long time, and we're yeah.
3: I, whether I whether I see it or whether it's true,
1: <laughs> no, that that I agree. There is a divide there, but I think there's a difference between, uh, you know, the progressive ideas, socially progressive ideas that are pushing diversity, and the, you know, the 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 movement opposed to that.
3: Which well, let we me could walk debate, back my but, claim that yeah. Nazia. I don't believe Nazism is on the rise. I think that that group is small it's fringe
1: yeah that's very with. Yeah.
3: very small but it's getting publicized so people think it's bigger than it is
1: you know I do the agree, people that big.
3: disagree with it think it's bigger than it is
1: you know i i think it would have been perfect if trump has den- had denounced them it would have been what it was which is a fringe group which is uh uh you know kind of a a has always been there, always, and probably always will be there. And we definitely should not be paying that much attention to them, except that the president is not condemning them, so he is, you know, emboldening them. And it it is he's legitimizing them, and that is a problem. And that's why I'm saying that should be a breaking point for people who are reasonable and who support him it it should be a breaking point where it becomes well sorry but it uh, and and maybe it was a caricature when i was saying it's you know should would you vote for uh would you not vote for him if it was against clinton is there let me rephrase it is there any democrat that you would vote for or at least not vote at all if he was running against them
3: Okay, or so you e- even
0: ask a slightly different question, which is if there were an alternative Republican candidate, would you still vote Trump?
3: Let me answer all those. And you, you added something that probably would have changed my answer before not vote at all. That could happen very easily in the next election.
2: Mm. Even um, if it's against even if, Clinton, you mean? even
3: if it was against Clinton, it just depends on the way the rest of the term goes out. Is there right. another Democrat? I would have to see their policies and philosophies. Sure. But definitely, it just depends on what they think. Yeah. Is there another Republican? Absolutely, I voted for another Republican in the primaries. I voted yeah. for Ted Cruz in the primaries. Yeah. So I, I yeah. think that's yeah. fair. Yeah. yeah, I think
1: most yeah. people would do that. But uh, I, I think okay, let's let's uh, give the talking stick to other people because sure. <laughs> I've been talking a lot and and uh, thank you for indulging me, Tony. But um, yeah, I, I for me, it's this is a breaking point and. <sighs> Anyway, um, hey, uh, Charles, was that reported on in Australia? <laughs>
0: um, there, there, there was a little bit that popped up um, on a couple of grabs about uh, about Charlottesville and the reaction. So, yeah, we, we got a bit of news about that. Um, in what, 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 um, what we probably didn't get much of was detail of, of what actually happened at the rally. So it, it was largely reported as right um, uh, wing right wing um, rally and woman killed by a a uh, right wing extremist. the 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 idea of um, and what I did some subsequent reading on was that I, I didn't realise actually went for quite a long time. Um, a number of hours, I think, is that right, Tony, that the, uh, that the, uh, sort of disruption went for a very long time.
3: So they walked, they did like a, a, a vigil, uh, an awful, they were carrying tiki torches, which was obviously mm. supposed to meant torches for burning, I'm guessing people, but the KKK has a history of burning crosses and so forth. So sure. I'm, That's where that was. They did that the night before. And that Mm. um, broke out in violence um, as well. They, from what I understand, they didn't even have the rally on the day of. Uh, They were moved from their original place to another place, and then it never even really materialized. And one thing you said that did bother me a little bit was, according to your news outlets, it was a right wing rally and a right wing extremist did the car attack it wasn't a when you say right wing it wasn't people on the right like me it was alt-right which is yeah a white supremacy white identity politics movement that is fringe it wasn't your general right
0: Mm. absolutely and and if i intimated that it was mainstream right then uh i apologize
3: Oh, okay. I just what, what, to clarify.
0: What, what? What is what? What's, what's um um uh, and and the thing that made obviously the most uh, splash out here was was as you pointed out, Patrick, the um the response and half response and then re response that uh, that happened over the subsequent days. Um, yeah, so certainly made the news. Uh, was a point of interest. It's probably uh, just as much a point of interest as um, the the president's comments on what he would do to um, North Korea if they continued uh, their uh, uh, nuclear program. Um, so, so that those grabs we're kind of yeah. getting a bit used to, and they're probably not having the impact that uh, that they, they they would have at one point.
1: Yeah, I think there's some of this in in. France slash Finland as well, the level to which many of the different things that have happened in a month um, I mean people were joking on Twitter we called the last episode total annihil- uh, annihilation before the uh the the penis wavering happened before be- between Kim jong un and Donald Trump, and that would you know it 's one of the maybe ten things that would have become stories, uh, major stories for us. So that's also a big, uh, a big concern. Um, but yeah, they, they, I mean, it's pretty obvious. I think everyone knows, but I'll just say it for the sake of, uh, of completeness for, in the media here. Um, it was not even outrage. I think it was disbelief, you know, and some people have been saying, Oh, but that's because you know in in Europe we have a big history with with uh, Nazis, but in the U.S. it's not so much the case. To which I'm answering: Well, <laughs> I think the U.S. has a very strong history with what happened in World War II uh, and with Nazis. And the 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 most frustrating thing is that everything about pop culture for the past fift- the fifty years after uh, the 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 world war 2 ended was teaching people in a relatable fun understandable manner that nazis are the thing you don't mess around with and you just punch them in the face right it was like it's even in things like uh star wars you have the empire which is the uniform all white men uh, who speak the same language who are the the evil ones, quote unquote. And then you have the uh, rebellion, which is lots of people of different races, aliens, all of this. And that was intentional. And it's just, you know, one example, like, and, and even with that, it's, ugh. and, and that, and also uh, for people saying, oh, they don't understand what Nazis are, which I think Americans do. Uh, Captain America punches Nazis in the face. Um, the, they, the, the, the rally was also with white supremacists and I think America has a very strong and alive history with racism so it's not like it was some foreign thing that was you know they didn't really understand but um, it was very much reported on for us and again disbelief and we, we're not sure what to do at this point and I think that's why uh, Patrick I, I, can I yeah.
0: ask you a question? Sure. What do you want to do? You're saying you're not sure what to do. What do you want to do? What would you do if you could?
1: What would I want to do? What would I want to see happen? Or what would I want to do?
0: What would you want to do?
1: I think that's why I was nervous, as I said in the beginning and a few times during the episode. Because I think this show is what I want to do. Um, it, it, It is my hope that i am portraying myself you're asking me the question so i'm talking about myself for a second i apologize but that i'm portraying myself as what i am which is someone reasonable and i hope that i'm showing people listening from every from all sides from all sides from oh no i'm sorry i meant to say from many sides (laughs) um that i'm showing people that being reasonable doesn't mean accepting everything and that the false equivalencies that are destroying the ability to have a discourse in America have a breaking point. And there is a moment where you have to examine your own conscience. And unfortunately, I think that we have reached that point with the Trump presidency some people would argue we had reached it before i don't think we were quite there as definitively then i think we're there now and i think that if i'm being honest i think that the what happened here for most people was actually a breaking point if you veer into politics in general Then you're going to have some different responses. But I think for many people who had voted for Trump uh, before, I think they will not be comfortable voting for him again, because there are a lot of reasonable, good people who voted for Trump for different reasons. And I think there are a lot of people who will never renounce Trump and who will never renounce their ideologies that are toxic. And that will always happen. There will always be those people, you know. There will always be terrorists. The idea that you can defeat them is a lie. There will always be uh, Nazis and neo-Nazis. I think that we've seen this proof many times over over the past few decades. Uh, there will always be uh, uh, extremes everywhere. But I think that this shows. People, the the good people, the people who can be reasonable, I think it's a breaking point for them. And I hope that, m- long-winded answer, I'm sorry, Charles, but what I would like to do is show people that there is another way. That way being being reasonable. You know, the, the, the middle ground. And the middle ground doesn't mean accepting every opinion. And I, I think some people mistake this. Sometimes thinking, oh, well, then you should hear from that group as well. No. Some groups you don't hear from. You know, there are the alt right is largely composed, not entirely, but largely composed of people that I don't really want to hear from. Nazis, KKK, all of this. They will not be invited to this table to explain why their policy or opinions are just as valid as someone else. And we will not have a debate between two sides of an issue when there shouldn't be two sides. And I think it comes back to what you were saying, Tony, a little bit, which is you shouldn't call everyone Nazis. I don't think people should do that. And if they do, then they devalue uh, the, the, the strength of the accusation of being a Nazi. And equally, I think when it's used, that accusation should carry weight and anyway very long answer i th- in there somewhere there's some of what i would like to do <laughs> so hopefully i'm doing it to an extent but
0: um i was going to say you can you can uh, rest comfortably that you've done what you wanted to do
1: <laughs> well yeah yeah i what i would like to see happen would be an entirely different conversation but uh then we delve into impossible things so um hey turkey we're not hearing about you uh so much Anything oh I'm not, i there? don't know
2: i don't know what to add you guys just did a good job on that and and to be honest uh, trump is just a waste of my breath at the moment so
1: did was was this discussed <laughs> in uh, saudi
2: media uh, uh, yeah kind of in the official media it wasn't as aggressive as it would have been if it, if it wasn't trump because of his good relationships with the Saudi government. So it was kind of light, the coverage. You think influenced
1: by the interest of the...
2: Oh, yeah. So yeah. Trump is the best friend of this of the Saudi government in, uh, God knows, I don't know, maybe since Bush or even before. Mm. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So it was covered. It was in the media. It was just very light Uh, they haven't dove too much into it Uh, and i think that's the basic reason is uh trump's support because he is also right now a big supporter of the saudi government and other states who are boycotting qatar so they don't need to piss him off Mm. and 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 trump is a media hog i'm sure he would be pissed off if saudi Mm. media attacked him right
1: yeah Probably. Um, Do do you have culturally, uh, history, knowledge, care about the the Nazis or not at all?
2: Uh, uh, In Saudi, not really. It's very light, our relationship in history with Nazis. Uh, You have the misinformed minority here about the Nazis who would think, oh, the Nazis were the greatest people ever. Uh, basically, because the Nazis have tried to use the Arab people during the World War II and have promised them independence and freedom and in independent states and so on, and and that mentality is still around that they would have had freedom and so on, and then you have the uh, people who do understand Nazis, and those are the majority that it, if as soon as they were done with the Jews, their next target would be the Arabs, hmm. and they know that the, those didn't matter who they stood for at the end of the day they would treat everybody who isn't a, a German or a white uh, Saxon and so on the same way as they would treat okay
1: all right um, I, I don't know um, what else to go to um, or how, what else there is to say anything yet uh, Charles and Tony um, uh, If you have I was just going to wanna... say
0: there's something unreasonably fun to talk about just as you finish
1: Okay. Uh is I don't know that we're completely done with this topic. Is it about this or something <laughs> oh, okay. else?
0: Okay. Okay. No, 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 no. Uh, uh, if if we're going to continue with this topic, there was a question Just... I had for um Tony.
1: Okay, yeah, I was going to give uh Tony the an opportunity to uh <laughs> to to finish this, but go ahead then. Ask the question. And
0: and and and, and it kind of fits into this because you, you spoke a little bit about um, liking a lot of what um, Trump has done from a, um, from a policy point of view, does it concern you at all that his legislative agenda appears to be stalling with, with rifts with some, some key Republicans, um, such as the, the, the House Majority Leader? I, is that a worry to you, that, that he's actually not playing the politics side of things in Washington very well and, and, and being able to progress some of the things you want to see him progress?
3: It it is concerning. Um, I, I think that some of the things that haven't been pushed through have just been a systemic failure on the part of the, the entire Republican Party. I mean, whether you like it or not, um, the Republicans ran on a promise to repeal Obamacare, and then they didn't. You know, they had the numbers, and then they didn't do it. So, like I said, whether you like Obamacare or don't. They promised to do it, and then they didn't. He's right on that. Now, should, I, should he be picking fights with McCain and Flake in Arizona, and um, I think it's Booker in Tennessee that he's just recently picked a fight with? No, that's not helpful. Um, I think the president has the ability to pick fights with certain figures in order to get them to, you know, to push them. To further the agenda. But I don't think he's doing that. I think he's picking fights with them because he's mad at them because they've said bad things about him, which goes back to Trump being Trump. Um, so it is concerning. I think it's going to be very difficult to lose the Senate um, as far as the Republicans go, just because of the way we do it. We do it in thirds. Uh, There's six or seven year terms. I'm showing a little ignorance there, but they're long terms. And they do one-third of the Senate at a time, and just the upcoming race is very favorable toward Republicans. It would be very difficult to lose the Senate, but he, it seems like he's trying. <laughs> um, I don't think it's one of the conspiracy theories that he's actually I, – I don't know that he's Republican, but that he's actually kind of tried to get in as a double agent, so to speak, and then lose the the House and the Senate for us. I don't think that's the case, or I think he would have flipped long ago, but – it is concerning. Um, does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah, sure,
0: sure. Yeah. Uh, it, it, uh, on the on the basis that you're talking about, that uh, liking what he was doing and supporting him for that, uh, and his his ability to, to deliver on that agenda that you support, um, I think seems to be eroding. That's all.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's... oh, go ahead.
3: Well, I was just going to, you said I could finish, so I was going to finish up, but if you got something sure. to add to that point, No, I that just wanted it. to
1: say he, he, for, you know, but th- that's the problem. The, the, the uh, two different elements are the policies and the character of Donald Trump. And I think it's very easy to assign every failure to, oh, well, he's just Donald Trump. And, you know, when he does something, he does the, he acts on the Republican policy platform, which is true, but it's just like, yeah, but he's. At fault. You know, he's. uh, Anyway, that's a whole. That's another. um, That's a different debate with the question of he's the best businessman in the world and he's the thing and he does the deals. And like, and when you say this, but look, he was wrong, everyone will say, well, but he was. He's just Trump. He's an idiot. And we knew that. And I understand that that's the case. But (laughs) it feels frustrating that when it's like, what did you think was going to happen? Look, it's happening. People answer, well, yeah, we knew he's, he's an idiot. He's the dumbass, And it feels like there's a shift, like anyway, different conversation. We're almost two hours in Tony. What did you want to, did you want to finish with?
3: Well, I kind of wanted to piggyback off something you said, your goal was to do this show and be come across as a reasonable person. That's my goal. When I come on the show too. I mean, I know that I'm biased in my ways, but I do want people to realize that I, 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 Think that I can be reasonable. Having said that, the the scenario you gave me is very difficult scenario to work through. I know, you know. You mean who would you vote for? Right. Well, and I I understand, and I I don't. You know, everyone says they're not a racist. I hope I'm not a racist, (laughs) (laughs) but I I understand that blatant well you were referring to nazism nazism is the the stopping point you know that that's that's the no go um, now do i think that he's a blatant nazi no do i think no, but that you he's, think going he's going to cause racist? the right no. do i he, do you think he helps i don't those, know
1: yeah do you think
3: he helps it, those
1: movements you don't think
3: he helps them i don't know i you see that's i I really feel like the Nazism aspect of what has happened is one of those things that's things that's been completely blown out of proportion by the media and social media, which everyone is focusing on that one aspect Nazism, just to be clear it's not so fringe.
1: NKKK and you know white supremacists both, like, I both them all of together, which right?
3: are fringe and they're mm. all fringe right i they are they're they're those people. i mean this this rally, this Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville was so fringe that what I what are referred to often as um, alt light, which is those people that kind of they don't want to be alt-right, but they kind of tiptoe around them, they they rub elbows with them from time to time, they wouldn't even go. You know, those people wouldn't even go. So that's why I, I think that there is no danger of that becoming a thing, and because of that, that's why I say it's a very difficult position for me to say, are you going to give up up on your policies that you believe in? And some of my policies is putting it lightly, you know, um, Mm -hmm. I'm very very strongly anti-abortion, so Mm -hmm. am I going to give up on that for suspected racism that isn't really amounting to anything. And I want to be clear, I don't like racism, but y- you see what no, I'm I saying? Be- no,
1: no, no. I think you're being very, very clear. Um, and I understand maybe, maybe I'm, I was being a little bit flippant and you're helping me understand this when I'm saying, oh, at some point you have to draw the line and you have to abandon your beliefs for something that you think is important, which is a higher belief kind of thing. I think if you don't see him being having an active effect in the rise of intolerance in your country, I can see how you would say, well, I'm not going to give up, you know, a core belief for something that I don't see as having an an impact. Um, I could see that. I'm still, for me, it's pretty obvious that he emboldens those movements. I strongly believe that he is, uh, that they are fringe. I agree with you there. I think Again, everyone was in their role when they were condemning them and everyone condemned them. And as we saw in the rally in Boston uh, a week after, um, they, they were a ridiculous minority. But, you know, I don't know. It's like when you see someone that is the president of your country, let's say we don't even know if he's a racist. When you see him... Showing some favorable, you know, uh, uh, action, for the lack of a better word, towards Nazis and KKK. I, I understand that this is not, this might not amount to anything. I think he does make this more acceptable, but he, he shifts. It doesn't mean that everyone's going to become a Nazi, but it shifts things to the, to the right just a little bit more. And the center is pushed to the right, which means there's a little bit more space for those people on the right. You know, it's kind of a corrupting influence on your political family. So I think there's a duty there to say,
3: no, period.
1: You know, maybe it's a time. And I agree.
3: No, period, exclamation point on that stuff. Now, let me give you a scenario and ask you a question afterwards. Hmm. Hillary Clinton won the election last year. Okay. Things go more to the left. The center goes left instead of right. So, um, and, and I'll just give you the end of world fears that people like me have. Um, so, of course, we, we talked a little bit about um, Australia's marriage equality thing. That's a thing I personally don't feel that the government should tell some it, it shouldn't be the government's job to take care of that. Um, the government and what I'm saying is it shouldn't be the government's place to ban it, but it also should be pl- sure it, it, shouldn't be the government's. It shouldn't be the government's place to ban, um, same sex marriage, Okay. but it also shouldn't be the government's place to say that the cake maker has to make a cake for the same sex couple. So okay. I, I think it should be a hands-off approach there. Um, but in this case, it becomes more of a hands-on, now you have to. Um, the abortion becomes more prevalent. Uh, Planned parenthood funding mm. becomes more prevalent. So And identity politics become more of a thing. So here's the, that's the scenario that happens. Now, my question to you is, do you think that the white supremacy movement fades, stays where they are right now, or increases because of those things happening on the other side, if that happened.
1: I think they're not related. I think no matter who is on the, um, if, if demanding more equality means that we have more Nazis, then should we ask, should we not ask for more equality? That's kind of the conundrum you're,
3: I, I shouldn't nice, have right? mentioned I shouldn't have mentioned the the same sex marriage thing. I got off on right. a tangent there. Um what I'm thinking but about the, in my head like right now is and, the know. well, it not even that. I guess I again I got off on a tangent. I'm thinking of the the identity politics. The um you you don't you can't you don't have a voice in this discussion because you're you're privileged, the privileged white man, right? <laughs> That's what's building, that's what's building this to some extent, in my opinion, Mm. it's it's my theory. Um, I don't see how in a scenario where Clinton gets elected that that doesn't increase, right? right? Because it has been increasing under Trump. Mm. And I don't, I don't see a scenario because then, in my opinion, that stuff, that form of racism, sexism is, is a thing as well. And that would increase just like you're saying the opposite, right. and I feel like if you give them – if you if you don't say or you walk back your denunciation of them, okay, they might uh, – the, the Klan leader guy, I can't, uh, Richard Spencer, he's not the Klan leader, but one of the alt-right guys, Richard Spencer, might say, look, Trump loves us. And a few of his followers wave their hands in the air, but everyone else says, you guys are crazy. We don't like you. If you give them a target that they can violently oppose, then they get worse. And that's my opinion. That that would be a, that's totally conjecture, but that's my opinion. You know, So I,
1: I think, I think there's this, you dislike Bernie. I think Trump is more on the right than Bernie is on the left. And you're talking in hypotheticals where you're treating Clinton as if she was so on the left that she was somehow an equivalent to uh, to Trump, you know, the left equivalent to Trump. And I don't think that's the case. Um, I agree with that. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> I, I don't think that those those issues should be taken as a reason to... I I don't know what what he still should have denounced them. I don't know, you know. And if Clinton was there and this would be happening, it still should be denounced. You shouldn't soften your uh, stance on on. They're, they are two different things. You're talking about the the debate on abortion, for example, which you care about very much. I think that is a separate debate from identity politics. And I think identity politics very often devolve into, you're saying you shouldn't have an opinion because you're white is what you're receiving. If that's what you're receiving, then I think that's an extreme I disagree with. I do think there are big issues of inequality that should be addressed in your country and indeed in the entire world. Um, I don't think that should mean that the majority should be shut up But I think that the majority, meaning white men, should understand the plight of the minorities. And that's an important uh, societal evolution moment. And it's not easy, but I don't think linking that to, um, you know, it's an easy excuse to say, oh, well, it's because we're being told to shut up that people become racist, you can, you know, be frustrated about the fact that you're being told to shut up and think it's wrong and that not justifying, you know, racism and the alt-right the way it... I understand that they, they're linked. You know what? We should have an entirely different episode talking about the basics <laughs> and of the alt-right and the, uh, that movement because it's super interesting. But unfortunately, it's been two hours. People have to get back to their lives. Um, Let's say you at least managed to give me a question that I couldn't give you a yes or no answer to.
3: <laughs> so, well, I guess that's something.
1: That's something. Um, thank you so much, guys, for being on this uh, episode. It went uh, uh, a lot less uh, stressfully than I thought it was going to go. And um, yeah, I think that was. this was probably what I was... Uh, I think it went pretty well. So without further ado... Do you guys have anywhere you want to uh, tell people they can go if they want to uh, discuss things with you or follow you on the internet? Let's go with Charles first.
0: I'm, I'm uh, habitually very quiet on the interwebs nowadays. Uh, so, um, I, 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 yeah, you won't find me most places.
1: Okay. Should I put your Twitter handle in the show notes? or Sure. Not
0: absolutely. No, you, right. you can do that. You can, you can always ping me a tweet if you wish. Um, and uh, on a good day, I'll pay some attention to it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Great. Turkey, what about you?
2: Well, the only place you can find me at the moment is on Twitter. I'm not as active as I'm usually. I always check it. And it's Turkey Albala, A.
1: Thank you, sir. And thank you for sticking with us, even though it was a very long two hours. Um, (laughs) No problem,
3: man. Uh, Always here
2: for you, Patrick.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it. Tony, what about yourself?
3: Well, um, you can find me on Twitter, at Tony Staley. If the three other people that listen to this podcast that are conservative want to follow me, feel free to do so. <laughs> um, I, I want to say I'm honored to finally get on a show with Turkey. And Charles, I haven't pleasure, heard you as much, but it's nice being on a show with you too. Uh, and it was a pleasure to be here, Patrick.
1: Thank you. I can't believe it's the first time you two are on the on show together. Well,
3: it's, we, uh, we were supposed to last time, but he had something uh, come up and he just right. recorded something.
1: Right, right, right. That that episode. Uh, well, thank you very much for for being on, uh, Tony. I think there are more than three other conservatives that listen to the show. I hope so, at least. I mean, I'm sure there is a majority of uh, of liberals that listen, but I hope there are more than three conservatives. I think there are because I do get some comments sometimes. And uh, um, yeah.
2: okay, all all your conservatives out there, send Patrick an email. Let him know how many of <laughs> you are there.
1: Well, at least you can send me a tweet. I'm not Patrick. Actually, that would be interesting. Um, If you can tell me, yeah, I'm I'm conservative-ish and uh, I listen to the show, you can send me a tweet. tweet. I'm not Patrick on Twitter. I'm also not Patrick on Facebook. Um, You can leave a mention on the iTunes store if you like the show. You can uh, give a review and a few stars. That would be lovely if you did that. Um, You can also become a supporter of the show. Whether you are a conservative or a liberal or an alien or whatever you are, and you think being reasonable is something of value, and you think uh, this show serves that purpose or any purpose or maybe even entertainment, you can go to patreon.com slash Club. The link is in the show notes and on the website, frenchspin.com, but it's um, available everywhere. It takes two minutes. You can uh, decide how much you contribute. You know Patreon. You know how it works. So consider giving uh, a couple of bucks to support the show. That would be very much appreciated. There are a few hundred people doing that already. And I love every single one of you even more than I love the other regular listeners. But just a little bit. because I.
2: I So, Patrick, this this is your scientific way to find out if there's a life out there? Uh, yes, I expect I every, <laughs> every
1: alien uh, living on the planet to donate to the Phileas Club <laughs> to make it a better, more habitable place for their eventual uh, eventual colonization of the planet. So thank you very much to everyone in advance. That is going to be it. Um, we will have a, a, probably have another special episode uh, next time. We did have one about India last time. I hope you enjoyed that one. We might do one. I, I'm trying to get something about Venezuela because things are happening there and I would love to have an episode about that at some point. We'll see if it happens, uh, but we'll probably have one uh, in the middle of the month and we'll be back with a regular episode in uh, about a month. So we will talk to all of you then. Thanks, everyone. Bye.